Welcome we to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Nat. <laughs> Did you say my name is also Nat? Maybe <laughs> Just was, trying to make sure people are paying attention. I like that. 20 seconds in, they would already be tuned out. (laughs) If you were just joining us, here on Finest Work Songs, we like to cover classic albums. What album are we reviewing today, Matt? We're going to be talking about A Tribe Called Quest, The Low End Theory. I'll receive the message and you will play the same. You're on point tip. All the time, Fife. You're on point tip. Yeah, all the time, Fife. You're on point tip. You're all the time, Fife. So play the resurrector yeah. and give the dead some life. Okay, if knowledge is the key, then just show me the lock. Got the scrawny legs, but I move just like Lou Brock with speed. I'm agile, plus I'm worth your while. What For those of you who are loyal Finest Work Songs listeners, you know where we have not done a ton of rap or, or hip-hop uh, album reviews at this point. One was our Listener's Choice episode where we talked about Run the Jewels 3, and more recently we talked about Public Enemies, Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back. When it came time to talk about another classic hip-hop album, it was an easy decision, I think, for Matt and I to decide on this one. This is the second album by A Tribe Called Quest, released 1991. As always, we like to start with our memories. So Matt, what is your memory of The Low End Theory? September of 1991, I would have been a junior in high school. As we discussed on the Public Enemy Epipod, Mm -hmm. rap wasn't something I was naturally drawn to at that point. Probably had somewhat of a bias against rap, just based on ignorance, lack of knowledge, not really allowing myself to dive into it. So at this point, I figure rap to me is this pretty nebulous foreign concept to me Mm -hmm. that's full of African-American people who are angry at things that I'm probably not angry about at that time in my life. But what I remember about A Tribe Called Quest and particularly this album, it seemed to be, and this is a horrible term to use, it came across to me at that time as, quote, positive rap. Uh And the reason I say that's a bad (laughs) term because by its nature makes other rap like Public Enemy and NWA as like not positive rap, yeah. Which that's probably how I perceived them at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, looking back, I realized no, you know, it was all positive. It's positive in, in, in its own different way of mm-hmm. how it's you know, you're telling a story, you know, providing an insight into community and culture, uh, and wanting to in, enact change. But to me, you, know, you had you had these groups that came along about that same time. You had Arrested Development. Yeah, you know, out of out of Atlanta, African pride and, and pride of self, but it wasn't full of expletives. It was like rap music you could play with your mom in yeah. the car, and you know Black <laughs> Sheep, which was actually started in Sanford, North Carolina. Even like you know Queen Latifah, and, and you had this second wave of rap that was really thoughtful and really insightful, but it wasn't hitting you overhead with violence and expletives and, mm-hmm. and misogyny and all that. And really at the forefront was A Tribe Called Quest. And then there's even a reference to North Kakalaki. Yeah. As a kid from, you know, Harnett County, North Carolina, I'm like, what? You know. That's what we call New, it. New, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's on my birth certificate. Um, <laughs> and, and it was just like this album permeated everything. Mm-hmm. There are so many lines you still today hear people saying, yeah. some of them I never realized tied back to this album. Right. In hindsight, I have very fond memories of so much of this album. Yeah, I give this album a ton of credit for opening my eyes to a wider world of rap and hip hop. Mm-hmm. No doubt a classic album. So what about you? What, what's your memory of the low end theory? Matt, I shared with you before that I, I ran track. I had a lot of success, but I was very prideful. Didn't feel like I needed anybody else. There was one championship race. I was way ahead of everybody, but then blew up my shoes and, and kind of hobbled across the finish line and it ended in a three-way tie. 
and after the race, when the press is around, all I'm talking about is myself and, and they're asking me about my support team. I'm just saying, I don't need anybody. And I'm kind mm-hmm. of making fun of my trainers and all the people that support me. And they got tired of my attitude. So they quit. I have a driver and the driver's taken me across the country uh, to get ready for this next race, except the driver ended up accidentally dropping me off in the middle of the desert. Mm. And I was asleep. When I woke up, I couldn't see where I was going. I ended up in the small town. There's a cop ends up chasing me and, and I end up doing a ton of damage to the town's main road. So I get arrested and the next morning they bring me before the judge and they decree that I have to stay there and fix the road. But I've got this race I have to get to mm-hmm. in California. And so so I'm just trying to fix the road as fast as I can and get out of this podunk town. So I fix the road quickly, but just do a really bad job. The town judge ends up giving me a challenge and says, you know, hey, you think you're so fast, I'll race you. <laughs> he finally figured out. <laughs> I'll race you. And if you win, you get to leave and I'll fix the road. But if I win, you have to redo the road. Mm-hmm. We race on this like dirt track. Mm-hmm. As I'm taking the 300 meter turn, you know, it's a dirt track and I fall and I slip. And mm-hmm. this guy just kind of makes his way past me. And so I have to end up staying to fix the road. And I found out during that time that he is a former champion. But I learned from the old guy that you really need people around you. Mm-hmm. And it's not just all about yourself. In thanking this old old fella, I, yeah, <laughs> I said, you know, I think I couldn't hear anybody. My heart was clogged. It's almost as if this week here with you fine folks has been a Q-tip mm. to open up my heart. And that old man was like, speaking of Q-tip, <laughs> have you heard the low-end theory? They also turned me on to a trap called Quest. So, uh, Man, that is some story. <laughs> I'm just glad that in the end you realize it was it's the people, it's the, the community. That, that's all that really matters. <laughs> oh, man. I can't believe it took you that long. Well, you said you blew out your shoes. Yeah. And I was like, well, maybe it, well like, I'm not a car. Well, I know. I, know, I get that now. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, man, what 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 road race? What running race? Is there a three-way tie? <laughs> exactly. Like, will there be some sort of differential? Yeah. Like, what is that? That's hysterical. Now, I first heard Tribe on Yo! MTV Raps mm-hmm. with I Left My Wallet in El Segundo. I left my wallet in El Segundo. Left my wallet in El Segundo. Left my wallet in El Segundo. I gotta get it. I got, got to get it. I gotta get it. So I got their first album, People's Instinctive Travels and the Paths of Rhythm. That had a lot of fun songs on it. Push it along. Won't be gone for long. Listen to the song. If you can't pull it, all you gotta do is... Push it along. Push it along. Push it along. Yeah, push it along. And can I kick it? Mm-hmm. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Can I kick it? which is another classic so tons of great songs on that album so by the time this came around i was pretty excited but this album definitely stands out in their whole discography this is their classic album i think one of the best rap albums of all time i distinctly remember you walking out to tennis practice you know, in like 1991-ish. And one of my friends was cranking music from his car mm-hmm. as we were getting ready for practice. And it was 
Sir Mix-a-Lot, pre-Baby Got Back, uh-huh. Sir Mix-a-Lot, it was Lockjaw, classic <laughs> Sir Mix-a-Lot, yeah. where he's like, I'm giving him to Lockjaw. And, and to me, like, at that point, kind of getting back to what I was saying earlier, ignorantly, to me, at that point, rap fell into, like, two camps, where it was, like, angry gangster rap or silly Sir Mix-a-Lot yeah. kind of rap. And to me, A Tribe Called Quest kind of filled that gap. It was still fun. Mm-hmm. It was still, in some ways, light, lighter than the, over here, but way more serious than over here. It was still thoughtful, but it was also... It was a little more uh, accessible. There was a lot of record companies promoting kind of gimmicky mm-hmm. songs. And and even, you know, Left My Wallet and El Segundo yeah. is not at all the best track on that album. Right. But that was the one. It's a catchy, memorable chorus, if yeah. you will. And, and it had a fun video yeah. and everything. Yeah. But they kind of leaned towards the, the fun. And like you said, while Tribe was able to do that, they were able to to really get beyond that, mm-hmm. especially with this next album. Let's jump into this. Here we go, yo. First track on the album is Excursions. Back in the days when I was a teenager, before I had status and before I had a pager, you can find the abstract, listening to hip hop, my pops used to say it reminded him of bebop, I said well daddy don't you know that things go in cycles, way the Bobby Brown is just amping like Michael, it's all expected, things are for the looking, if you got the money, quest is for the booking, come on everybody let's get with the fly mode, still got room on the truck load of black gold. Listen to the rhyme to get a mental picture of this black man, black woman picture. Why do I see that? Cause I gotta speak the truth, man. Doing what we feel for the music is the proof. And planet on the ground, the act is so together. Gonna fight strong, you need leverage to sever. The unit, yes, the unit, yes, the unit called the jazz is delivering each year. LP filled with street goods. You can find it on your rack in your record store. If you get the record, say your thoughts are adored and appreciated. Cause we're ever so glad we made it. We work hard, so we gotta thank God. Dishing out the plastic, do the dance to your spastic. If you diss, it gets drastic. Listen to the rhyme, cause it's time to make gravy. If it moves your booty, then shake, shake it, baby. All the way to Africa, aka the motherland. Stick out the left, then I'll ask for the other hand. That's the right hand, black man. Only if you are noted as my man. If I get the credit, then I think I deserve it. If you fake news, don't fix your mouth to word it. Get in the zone of positivity, not negativity. Cause we gotta strive for longevity. If you buy chum, what's in that? What? A pair of Nike size 10 and a half. From the get-go, this album stands out from other hip-hop albums up to that point. It starts with a jazz sample, mm-hmm. which is pretty unique. But also, it just lets the, the bass play for a few measures before the beat even kicks in. It really sets the tone for the record that, hey, this is going to be different. This is going to be heavily jazz influenced. And a lot of these samples are going to be things you haven't heard before. You know, the opening lines of my pops used to say rem- reminded him of bebop. Musically and lyrically, it's setting the stage for this album to let you know that it's, it's going to be a nod to jazz and appreciation of jazz and, and sort of like our parents' music has infused us we're now going to use it in a way that makes it new and fresh. If you are a hip-hop fan back then and your parents are not in favor of it, this is an album that can help bridge the gap. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, it starts off with a sample from an Art Blakey song. That is pretty unique. Mm-hmm. A lot of that goes back to Q-Tip, who was really heavily influenced by his parents, but also himself was what's known as a crate digger. Like Indiana Jones. Yeah, just like Indiana Jones. <laughs> looking for that perfect sample for his mixtape. But Q-Tip is known for you know being able to search and search and search and produce albums with a lot of old beats and take parts of them. In fact, I want to bring that song up. Or Blakey's on. I, I know it because of Trap Call Quest. But <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this on the Public Enemy Epipod. The creativity and the musicality it takes to create hip-hop. There is a ear you have to have to take something like what we just heard and turn it into... Something good. Excursions. <laughs> There's definitely a skill and an art to that. The thing about Tribe that stood out to me at first was Q-Tip, his voice. Yep. It was unlike any other voice in hip-hop. Still is has such a cool tone to it. Not only is he an incredible producer and rapper, I mean, just, he sounds great doing it. In a weird way, it's almost a, a soothing voice. Yeah. It, it it's, comes across as, as a young man, but with years of wisdom ready to provide. It's the kind of voice you feel like you could have a, a conversation about any topic on. You just want to listen to him. Yeah. Come read me to sleep, Q-Tip. Good night, man. <laughs> Q-Tip could make a lot of money reading children's books. Yeah. Because then we'd just play them for our kids and then we would go to sleep. I don't know if I realized it at the time that you know, this was the first song on this album, but you know, that opening line of you know, back in the days when I was a teenager, that's again one of those lyrics that you hear a song with that cadence and like you almost immediately want to like start rapping that line. Mm-hmm. That line has had, like so many lines from this, this album. You know, as someone who's, who's not well versed in a lot of rap, that's a line that I go back to and, and, here in my head, like all the time, mm-hmm. even though I'm not a huge rap connoisseur. And it's before you had a pager. Right. Did you ever have a pager? I never had a pager. I did have a bag phone. What? Point. Yeah. You did? I did. What year was this? Uh, 2015. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> it was right before cell phones were really, uh, well, clearly. It was right before. It was right yeah, before tell so. me, when When did we have these? Um sort of like yeah i remember i had a friend who who really went out and invested in the laser discs and like bought bought like a ton of laser discs and then like you know a month later dvds came out yeah you just see the look on his face like what am i supposed to do with all this huge (laughs) huge discs yeah yeah same thing with the bag phone i think you know i think i was midway through college mid to late 90s off at school you know a little ways away from home had a bag phone you you could plug into your I guess a cigarette lighter of your car uh-huh. probably worked for two hours a day if you needed it. $78 to make a call. Right. Yeah. And the, the phone itself was probably you know, $1,300 to buy. <laughs> um, but never, never had a pager. Did you have a pager? No, I never had a pager either. In high school it was a thing. Yeah. People had them. To Q-Tip's point, it, it was a status thing. You know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you got a pager, I mean, it's like, oh, you can get a message that tells you you have to go call somebody. I feel yeah. like in high school though, the majority of the people that had the pager felt kind of ridiculous. Cody from the baseball team didn't really need a pager. <laughs> no, probably pretend it was some girl, but it was really his mom. Yep. Come home, Cody. Mom, can we have 
pizza rolls. Can we have some Sunny D? Oh man, mom, Cody's mom has Sunny D. <laughs> right off in this album, Q-Tip mentions one of finest work songs, Heroes. Our Godfather. Yeah, that's right. The way that Bobby Brown is just amping like Michael. Which I feel if you're Bobby Brown, that's that's high praise. High praise, to be, man. Yeah, compared to Michael. Yeah. Maybe maybe it wasn't Michael Jackson. Maybe it was Michael Winslow. Michael Winslow. <laughs> so Michael Jackson? No, Michael Winslow. Like it sounds like you're doing a lot of sound effects, like <laughs> motorboats <laughs> and Yeah. <laughs> the leader of Tribe Called Quest is Q Tip, who initially formed the group with Ali Shahid Muhammad that he met in high school. But there's another key MC, and that is Fife Dog, who we're going to meet on this next song. Yo, microphone check, one, two, what is this? The five foot assassin with the roughneck business. I float like gravity, never had a cavity. Got more rhymes than the one that's got family. No need to sweat our seniors to gain some type of fame. No shame in my game, because I always be the same. Styles upon styles upon styles is what I have. Just to fight for, but you still don't know the half. I sport new balance sneakers to avoid an arrow path. Messing around with this against the size of the I never have stuff, cause I'm not a half stuffer. Drink a lot of soda, so they call me Dr. Pepper. Refuse to compete with BS competition. Your name is Specialist, so won't you suckle with the mission? I never walk the street, think it's all about me. Even though deep in my heart, it really could be. I just try my best to like go all out. Some might even uh, say, you're shorty uh, black, you're uh, bugging uh, out. Uh, Zulu Nation, mother's last creation. Minds get flooded, ejaculation. Right on the two-inch tape, the abstract poet incognito. Runs the cape, not the best, not the worst. And occasionally I curse to get my point across. So bust the force as I go in between. The grit and the dirt, listen to the mission. Listen, missions I do work um, as a crack, the monotone. Chilling up the jazz, so get your own. Smoking on repeat because they try to dupe me or the best of the back, but they can't do rap for us. Abstract, original, you can't get your own, and that's pitiful. I know I'd be the man if I cold yank the plug on R&B, but I can't, and that's wrong. I think one thing that's so critical to how good this sounds is just the interplay between Fife Dog and Q-Tip, and yeah. they don't sound anything alike. They've no. got different styles. They've got different energies when they rap, and it's just such a good partnership. There are a lot of tracks where it's only Q-Tip. I think the best are when it's both of them. These guys are friends, grew up together, almost didn't happen because there's a fourth member, Jarobi, comes in and out of the group, decided to go to culinary school instead of being in a tribe called Quest, which... You know, good decision, I guess. <laughs> Have you tasted his croissants? <laughs> Jerobi's bakery. Jerobi's pierogies. <laughs> it's pretty catchy. Jerobi and Fife were going to do a group, even as Tribe was getting started. But I'm really glad they didn't because yep. it wouldn't be the same. You're two songs in. Again, I keep coming back to it, but as someone on outside looking in on rap at that time, there are lines from this that I still heard. Over, you know, people walking the halls of school, rapping the lines of, you know, your microphone check, one, two, what is this? Yeah. They're almost lines to the point of, like, the happy birthday song. Like, you don't even remember anymore who did it. They're just so in the ether. Well, especially if we're in high school. Mm -hmm. You you hear these lines in the halls, you hear them in the locker room, you hear them just everywhere. So this song is about how a lot of R&B singers apparently were trying to break in and really couldn't rap. That's where, at one point, 
Q-Tip says, smoke an R&B because they try to do me. Or the best of the pack, but they can't do rap. I know I'd be the man if I yanked the plug on R&B, but I can't. And that's bugged. So that's where the those people are bugging out. A little bit of theme of imposters throughout this album. That's kind of a lot of what Tribe talks about is authenticity. Mm-hmm. They go after punk MCs. They go after yep. people who are fake in every industry. Ended up speaking to me more than I thought it did. Because I think it, it reminded me in a lot of ways of you know, rock bands that I like and mm-hmm. have always liked who are, you know, we're going to stick to our guns. We're going to do it our way. Damn the critics and the charts. You know, we're just going to do what we want and do it how we want to do it. I think that's where, you know, A Tribe Called Quest kind of falls into the hip hop world. They're like, hey, you know, we're going to sample jazz and do it really well. Yeah. You know, we're not going to be overly misogynistic and we're not going to be dropping f-bombs all throughout the album you know that's not who we are so you know be true to who you are that's where i think they kind of do a really incredible job of almost filling a need for thoughtful alternative rap if you will there's a documentary called beats rhymes and life about tribe called quest in it the ceo of jive records at the time barry weiss is looking back to hearing the low end theory and thinking about it and they thought they were trying to be too commercial with the low wow. end theory yeah they were worried it didn't have like the artistic integrity that the first album had uh, which is what <laughs> when you have a track on there where it's q-tip rapping over ron carter classic jazz bassist who is just kind of riffing as he raps I don't know how that could be too commercial. Right. Yeah. If anything, it seems like this album has more artistic integrity. Yeah. It seems like they kind of zigged while everyone else was zagging with this album. That's a good thing in hindsight because they were really blazing a trail. Yeah. The next track we're going to cover is is a warning to all up and coming rappers about the dangers of show business. Look what the cat hauled in. It's five dog from a drop called Quest. Let me begin like Chuck D. I got so much trouble on my mind about these no-talent artists getting signed. They can't rhyme. And if that ain't bad, you got bootleggers going out like suckers. Feel it's time that I let loose the lion. And if not that, then I'll commence the head flying. Seems in 91, everybody want to rhyme. And then you go and sell my tape for only $5.99. Please, I worked too hard for this. No more will I take the booty end of the stick. Bogus brothers making albums when they know they can't hack it. Cause they lyrics display like eight ball jackets. Now tell me I can't tear it up. Go get yourself some toilet paper cause your lyrics is butt. Do you wanna be in the business? The business. People can't walk straight line. In the Some business. of these brothers can't rhyme. In the the hey yo, I'm trying to get mine. So simple. Yep. And yet, such a memorable diss. Go get yourself some toilet paper because your lyrics is butt. <laughs> I wish I had that line in my back pocket back when I was in high school. If you were in a rap battle? Well, yeah, totally if I was in a rap battle. No. <laughs> no. But, I yeah, think I mean, my greatest fear in life is to be in a rap battle. To be battle. like thrown into a rap battle. Yeah, and somebody just starts rapping in my face and everybody backs up <laughs> and then I have to answer. It's my goal in life to make this happen. Great <laughs> scenario. I'll probably just rip off some tribe and then curl up into a ball. <laughs> Are there some rap songs beyond tribe? Like I'm, I'm talking like even way back beyond there that you still remember all the lines to? Because the two that come to mind, which I'm embarrassed to say, are both DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince songs. Yeah. You know, like parents just don't understand. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's the situation. My parents went away on a week's vacation and they left the keys to the brand new Porsche. They mine. Mm, well, of course not. That was like the thing was 
Oh man, if if you knew every line to that. Yeah, there's still some that just are in my head. That's what I'll do. Nobody will notice. No, no, no. In fact, either. somebody will be like, "He's from Compton. <laughs> he really hates the police." <laughs> As far as diss lines go. Go get yourself some toilet paper because your lyrics is butt. If that's not the greatest diss line, it's, it's up there. It's up there. And it, it's so simple. Yeah. And the the delivery. I mean, yeah. they stop the track. Because your lyrics is butt. They want to make sure you hear it. Yeah. Go get yourself some toilet paper because your lyrics is butt. It's so good. Did you ever have an eight ball jacket? Uh, no, I did no, not. That's too bad. Well, you, maybe you could find one for when you get into your rap battle. <laughs> that's what I need. Late 80s. Eight ball jacket. That's what I'm missing. Yep. What is the abstract? That's Q-tip. It is. Okay. That's his name. The five dogs. The five foot assassin. Ali. I don't know that he has a nickname. And okay. Jerobi's not around enough. Yeah. <laughs> he comes and goes. He's all making waffles. <laughs> waffles. <laughs> it's all about pastries. He went to, to culinary make. school to make waffles. <laughs> no, he still jumps in with tribe over the years. Yep. But he had. A, he was having a family and everything. So I think he thought, yeah, this isn't conducive this lifestyle it goes by mc ratatouille now So step off the Frankfurter. Yo, Fife, you remember that routine? That we used to make spiffy like Mr. Clean? Um, um, a tidbit, um, a smidgen. I don't get the message, so you got to <laughs> okay. run the pigeon. You're on point, Fife. All the time, Tip. You're on point, Fife. All the time, Tip. You're on point, Fife. All the time, Tip. But then grab the microphone and let your words rip. Now here's a funky introduction of how nice I am. Tell your mother, tell your father, send a telegram. I'm like an energizer because you see I last long. My crew is never, ever whack because we stand strong. Now if you say my style is racked, I swear you're dead wrong. I slay that body and El Segundo, then push it along. You be a fool to reply the fight was not the man. Because you know and I know that you know who I am. A special shout out piece goes out to all my pals, you see. And a middle finger goes for all you punk MCs. Because I love it when you whack MCs despise me. They get vexed, I will next, gonna contest me. I'm just a fight MC who's five for three and very brave. The end of the song, they give a shout out to NC, yeah, SC, Virginia, old Virginia, yep, old Virginia. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't quite know what the connection is to old Kakalaki and yeah, <laughs> and Virginia. And there was a lot of hip hop groups that would reference though Virginia mm-hmm. and Maryland and DC, Delmarva, the Delmarva region. Is that what you're alluding to? What? That's what, that's what Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia. That's not a thing. It is. Delmarva. Delmarva? Yeah. Delaware, Maryland. I mean, I get it, but <laughs> why would those Do I need three... to spell it out for you? <laughs> why would they be referenced together? I don't know. Is that what people in North Carolina say? No, that's what people in freaking Delmarva say. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of that. You've never why heard of that. they group those three together? I don't know. They love crabs. It's, I mean, it's kind of like Kara George, duh. <laughs> Nor- Norlina. Oh, yeah. What's Norlina? That's it's right like, the border. on the border. Yeah. How dumb. <laughs> Shout out to Norlina. Shout out Norlina, all the <laughs> listeners in Norlina. The video for Check the Rhyme, they did on the roof of a cleaner's on Linden Boulevard, which is, I think, where Q Tip's mom and Fife's grandmother live nearby or something. So they referenced Linden Boulevard mm-hmm. a couple of times. 
throughout. Q-Tip says that he had seen the U2 video. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where they performed on the roof, which they got from the Beatles. The Beatles. And we talked about that in our U2 epipod, how yep. when you are putting yourself on the roof, you yep. are comparing yourself to the Beatles, yep. which I don't know. U2 doing that really bothers me. Mm-hmm. But Tribe doing that, I'm like, yeah, go for it. I'm doing it on like cleaners in the neighborhood you're from. Yeah. That seems a little different. Than you two than declaring you we are the new Beatles. Yeah. Oh, well, then they did go out and write a song called God Part Two. Oh, we're going to take John Lennon's song and make a second version of it. And then there's always that. There's this song called Manson Stole from the Beatles. We're stealing it back. We're stealing it back. Oh, my gosh. Love you, Bono. How's your ego, Bono? <laughs> Doing just fine. I love the, the line of industry rule number 4080. Record company people are shady. shady. <laughs> Man, if it takes that long to get to that. How many rules before that? Ah. This one also samples several songs from the 70s. The 70s. <laughs> Oh, the, the 1670s? Yeah, the se- wow. 70s. I own seven T-shirts. <laughs> this references um, a mini Ripperton song and also a song by the average white band. Oh. This is Funkadelic Chipmunks. This is average. Mm. What did they reference from this, I wonder? Fascinating, though, how they can hear just a little yeah. piece. Even the part I recognize from that song, when Tribe does it, sounds so much different yeah. and better. <laughs> so Tribe was part of a collective called the Native Tongues with De La Soul and leaders of the New School, Queen Latifah, Moni Love, and some others. And that was kind of an alternative rap mm-hmm. collective up there. And I think De La Soul were kind of like older brothers to Tribe because that's where Q-Tip learned a lot of production stuff being in the studio when mm-hmm. they were recording Three Feet High and Rising. And I think that's where the influence in that collective felt like they fit because all the tracks off of People's Instinctive Travels felt similar, being very eclectic. Mm-hmm. They even dressed, you know, they were wearing yeah. like traditional African clothing and kind of had a different feel to it. But this this album really put them away from that movement. Yeah, they charted their own path. Yeah, but still, I love the collaboration mm-hmm. between rap artists and you don't see that. I mean, you see that in, obviously, in jazz. Yeah. And you see that in, like, folk and bluegrass. But You, you see a lot of collaborations in pop, but it seems, like, prepackaged. It's like, we're going to put these folks together yeah. because it's going to sell. Right. Whereas this seems to be more relational. Yep. Like, if you know somebody and they can, can rhyme. In fact, this next track is arguably the greatest, what they would call a posse cut mm-hmm. scenario. This is the third single. And we're actually, I think we should cut to... The end, Busta Rhymes. Who was 19 at the time. Yeah. But sounds like he's 65 years old. Exactly. And has been smoking his entire life. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is kind of his introduction to the world. Yep. He really steals the show on mm-hmm. this track. So that's what we're going to listen to. As I combine all the juice from the mind. Heal up, wheel up, bring it back, come rewind. Powerful impact. Boom! From the cannon, the bragging. Try to reap a mind, just imagine. Vote, can't build, there is necessary. When digging into my library. Oh my God. Oh my gosh, eating I do stew like the one pizza tosser. Oh, 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 all over the track, man. Oh, pardon me. Oh, as I come back, as I did the grow, I had to beg your pardon. When I travel through the turn, I roll with the squadron. Rawr, rawr, like a dungeon dragon. Change your little jaws, cause your pants are sagging. Try to step to this, I won't put you in a turban. And have it smell like some old stale urine. Chuckity charcoal, the chocolate chicken, the rear 
diesel, but cheeks they were kicking. Yo, bust it out before the bust, I bust another round. The rhythm is in sync. Uh, the vibes are on town. Tipping up the sound just like a ratio. Yo, observe the vibe and check out the scenario. Yo, yo, yeah, my man. This song is easily my favorite rap song of all time. Maybe part of it's nostalgia. Yeah. Again, with all the different voices in it. It's, it's poppy and catchy, but not in a way that seems commercial. And it has the word doo-doo in it. Well, the rest are doo-doo. <laughs> doo-doo. 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 I know we didn't listen to it, but five kicking it off. Ayo, Bono's this. What? And Bono's that. What? But Bono Jack. Because Bo can't rap. Well, what do you know? Bo don't know Jack because Bo can't rap, <laughs> right. you know? Even all the pop culture references, even though they're very dated for you know, to 1991, they don't feel like it. I wonder how many people under the age of 25 would understand the references to you know, Bo Jackson, that campaign. Bo Jackson was a big deal. I mean, that Nike campaign, that ad, that poster of him with the baseball bat and the shoulder pads. Yeah. I mean, next to... Jordan and the his arms out the flight the wingspan mm-hmm. image, I mean those were the two most iconic athletic campaigns of that time. Bo was a huge deal. Have I you mean, seen that Thirty for Thirty? Yeah, I love all the legends that surround the lore of Bo Jackson, like yeah. him running up the wall and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. The other thing I love about Bo Jackson is in that Thirty for Thirty, it's like he's one of the greatest athletes ever. And now he's like making arrows. Oh, know, yeah. He's out in his shop just kind of, yeah. oh, I'm making arrows. And I just remember thinking, golly, what do you do when you're that famous and you're that tied to athletics? Because when that's done, what do you do? Yeah. And I think that's where people like, remember when Lawrence Taylor became a wrestler? Oh, yeah. Jerry Rice goes on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. I think they're in some ways addicted to fame and attention. Mm-hmm. We got to know Doug Glanville, who played for the Phillies and the Cubs when mm-hmm. they lived here. I was talking with him once about that because he got his engineering degree from Pennsylvania. I mean, he's just ridiculously smart. He, he was never like a five-time all-star, but he was a consistent major leaguer. So he, he made good money, mm-hmm. and then he became a developer. And he, I mean, he, he, he did all this stuff to make sure he was secure. He once said, you know, he, he was dying to write a book about athletes like what they did when they retired there's that competitive desire to keep doing something and when you're quote-unquote retired at the age of 35 it's like right. what, what do i do what now? now yeah and he's like you know by and large you know most of them are bankrupt and in horrible situations yeah they talk about the financial hardships mm-hmm. of that people not handling their money or people being swindled mm-hmm. yeah i'm more interested in that competition like what do you do with that yeah. like even when i stopped running track due to injuries, I remember feeling, what do I do now? Yeah. Because you've devoted so much time and energy and your identity. I just almost immediately turned to music where I was like, all right, I'll pour myself into this, yeah. you know? And it's not always the most healthy thing, yeah. but you, you got to think like, what, what are their options? And what do they think they can do? Because yeah. a lot of times I think they've been told they're so good at something, they may not think, oh, I can go do other things. I have other value. I guess it's, it's similar to like stay-at-home moms who kids get out of the house and they're like, What's my identity now? Yeah. And what do I do now? Hey, welcome to our podcast. (laughs) Social issues. Life lessons (laughs) with Matt and Matt. Matt and Matt. My gosh. What if the whole time you're like, I've been saying Nat this whole time and you keep calling me Matt. (laughs) Nat Lale, everybody. Yeah. Head for the border. Go get a taco. 
Head for the border, go get a taco. We all remember that Taco Bell campaign. Yeah, that wouldn't really fly these days. Head for no. the border. Look out for the wall. Yep. If you're able to make your way through to get a taco, you're not going to be able to come back in. Nope, can't come so, back. Charlie Brown picks it up from Fife Dog every time he says, Who's, Who's that? that Brown? It reminds me of that song, Doo Doo Brown. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that song? Mm-hmm. I do remember that. Buffed up, wax back, armor all down. Tell him, homie, who's in town. That's my man. The dance. Something that'll put you in a trance. Now it's your turn to take a chance. You're rolling, doodle, you're rolling. My poor sister. Her middle name is Brown. Mm. On my maternal grandmother's side, that's the family name, the Browns. So my mom wanted to name her after my grandmother. Oh. And so she was Brown. So, of course, we called her Doodoo Brown. Of course. The Brown Hornet, <laughs> you know, from Fat Albert. Fat Albert, yeah. Yep. Those were the two main ones. Actually, yeah. we still call her that to this day. The Brown Hornet. And Doo Doo Brown. Doo Doo Brown. I got off a little luckier. My middle name is not Brown. What's your middle name? Matt. <laughs> First name Matt, too? That's Matthew. Matthew. Matt. <laughs> but yeah, Buster Rhymes closes out the track and the album. And puts himself on the map with this track. I mean, he mm-hmm. is so fierce. Yep. And that's one thing I love, too, is when you have rappers all get on a, a track, there's so much pressure. Yeah. You want to be the best. You want to be the one that steals the show. That's how I feel when we do this show. <laughs> <laughs> so much pressure. So much pressure. Yeah. So, listeners, one thing we do here on Finest Work Songs is we challenge ourselves to come up with a track to remove if we had to. Okay, Matt, so... You're going to have to get into a rap battle with, with Tribe. Oh, they don't know what's coming. <laughs> if you don't remove a song from Low in Theory. So if you had to, what song would you remove? The song I would probably remove if I had to remove one would be Rap Promoter. What, what? Don't step to me with that. If you're promoting the show, make sure it ain't whack or else I'm leaving. Let me tell you. I'm leaving. Let me tell you. I'm leaving. Let me tell you. The whack show. You don't know. I feel like there are so many more clever well-done songs that kind of speak to the dangers and and the shadiness and dark side of music business and particularly hip-hop this one's a little bit too on the nose maybe if i had to remove one it'd be rap promoter what about you that was one i considered as well it's not one of my favorites Mm -hmm. although i do love when he says diggy dang 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 (laughs) for me it would be the infamous date rape part of the song that i like in that they're basically anti-date rape which is good yep but there's a lot of misogyny wrapped up in this <laughs> not song. good yeah i won't even say it. it's not that it doesn't hold up it wasn't even good at the time. Right. You know, I wouldn't agree with a lot of what they're saying. So mm-hmm. overall message, obviously for that, but yep. um, a lot of the misogyny is revealed mm-hmm. in this song. So yeah. I feel like it could do without it. That was the other one I was actually considering too. Yeah. yeah. But it's difficult to remove any songs from this album. Mm-hmm. All 14 tracks are strong. Yep. And the way that Q-Tip wanted it was for songs to really flow into one another. And it mm-hmm. does that so well. Mm-hmm. This really was part of the golden era of rap. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is one of the reasons why. I think for, with the, with the exception of a few lines here and there, this is a great entry point to rap for, mm-hmm. for 
people who who were like like me and and just didn't know a lot of rap, didn't appreciate it as much as I, I should have. So I think if you're introducing someone to rap, this would probably be the the first album I would grab to to really get them to pay attention to it because I think it it's got all the so many great you know, positive elements that make rap and hip hop so beneficial to music. Yeah. And if you want to know more, we also recommend the book Go Ahead in the Rain, which is an incredible book about tribe. Well, thanks, folks, for joining us today. Matt, if people want to get in touch, what can they do? Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Finest Work Songs. Check out our website, finestworksongs.com. You can check us out on Facebook as well. Love to hear from listeners. Let us know uh, what you liked about this episode and previous epipods and uh, what we got wrong. We like to hear that as well, believe it or not. Also, let us know what albums you'd like for us to talk about in future epipods. We look forward to reviewing another album again soon. As you know, this is an election year. So until next time, remember to vote Finest Work Songs. Our theme song is by the incredible band Medium Heat. This track is called Radio, and you should check them out at mediumheat.bandcamp.com. They are on Facebook at Medium Heat Music.